The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Let's get straight to it. It's fantastic to catch up with James Quincy, the chairman and CEO of Coca-Cola. Good afternoon, James. Thank you. It's good, good to see you here. again. Just fantastic to catch up. We gave away the first question before the commercial break. I don't know if you heard it or not. If you didn't, it's No, I heard you laughing, but I didn't hear okay, the question. OK, well, here comes the question. <laughs> all right. Lisa wants to know this, not me. I'm not interested at all. <laughs> biggest competitor. Biggest competitor right now. Is it Pepsi or is it Novo Nordisk? Ah, uh, no, definitely Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> actually, the, the, the beverage industry depends on where you are in the world. Because uh, we're so global, we actually face a number of semi-multinational kind of and regional competitors around the world. Um, I think the drugs is something that the certain segments of the financial community got super uh, focused on, the GLP-1s. But when you actually break down the data, um, uh, I don't think it's a big, uh, it's a big thing for us. And in the end of the day, if you want to make it super simple, you know, we sell a whole range of beverages with, from calories to zero calories. And at the end of the day, you can, have le you can eat less calories if you want to lose weight. You can't have less liquid. So let's talk about the product mix then, whether that changes. We know the stats, about 40% of Americans are obese. If these GLP-1 drugs really, really kick on, if this is like the big solution to a monster problem in the United States of America, do you have to change the product mix? Do things start to shift at Coca-Cola? Well, the product mix has been shifting over time already as people have tried to balance out the calories calories with the drinks they love. The zero calories have just continued to grow steadily uh, over the last couple of decades. So I think it'll just be another piece uh, of the puzzle. As calories come under control, we'll see more zero sugars. But at the end of the day, people will still enjoy an original Coke uh, every now and again. Well, That's not going to go away. I am curious, though, who is your main competitor? Who is our main competitor? Actually, we face a, we face a range of competitors. Yeah, which is number one person who you wake up every morning and you look and try to see, what is that guy doing? No, that's not how I wake up in the morning. <laughs> how do you wake up in the morning? <laughs> because if I just chase my competitors, I don't do something new. I've got to chase my consumers. I, I need to think about what the competitors are up to. They're very creative and there's some very talented people. But in the end, I'm trying to satisfy the consumer. And so if I focus on the person who's drinking the drink, what does... What would really make them happy? What would make the retailer happy? Then I will outpace the competitors. So how much are consumers willing to pay for caffeinated artisanal water? I mean, at a certain point, <laughs> are you seeing that you're able to charge yeah, everyone? <laughs> I don't know. I just wonder, you know, whatever it is that's popular for consumers in different segments. But I'm wondering, do you see your pricing power so much stronger now than before the pandemic? Uh, we, our focus has always been to earn our pricing. We don't think about pricing as a markup versus the commodity price. So it's about earning the pricing, whether that's the marketing, the innovation, different package sizes, different formulas, different products. It's really about earning the pricing because unearned pricing is a catastrophe about to happen. Back in October, you raised your outlook despite challenges in China. Are the tailwinds back then proving to be more durable and are the headwinds starting to fade? Um, look, we're in the closed period ahead of earnings, uh, so no comments on that. Uh, just a sneak peek. <laughs> just a sneak peek. 
Anyway, look, we one thing I tried to say last year was there are always going to be headwinds. Sometimes they're economic, sometimes they're wars, sometimes in the case of the last few years, pandemics. One of the things we have underlined is we have an all-weather strategy. Things are going to happen. There are going to be headwinds. There were headwinds in 23. There were headwinds in the years. Something will be a headwind in, in, in this year. But we are focused on our all-weather strategy to see it through, to manage through it, and deliver for the consumers all the way through to the shareholders. I understand you can't speak specifically to numbers, so I won't push too hard. I do want to know about China, though. It's been really hard to get a read on what's happening in the world's second largest economy. We spoke to someone who looks at tourism in China, the biggest online tourism platform, trip platform for China just a moment ago. And she said things with the Chinese consumer are pretty decent. Things are picking up again. I hear all the time, we all do, that consumer confidence there has just been shot given the pandemic and the extended lockdown. What's your feel on that? Have things improved on the uh, ground in China? Things are improving in China. Um, uh, and a bit like uh, when the, the kind of the openings happened in the US and Europe, different sectors moved at different speeds. So you do get a bit of weird noise, kind of weird interpretation coming out of China because it depends which sector you're talking to. Um, from our point of view, Chinese New Year's a very big thing for us. It's, it's there effectively their Christmas, and it happens, you know, in, in, in the first few weeks of the year. So actually, trying to gauge what's happening is very difficult for consumer businesses until Chinese New Year finishes, which will basically be the end of February. Uh, so that's the real for us. The real test is where do we stand post Chinese New Year? Um, and I think one has to gauge the numbers you're getting depending on which sector you're talking to. Uh, and obviously, the Chinese government's very focused on uh, managing the property sector, but also keeping the consumption uh, alive. I want to go back to how John began the interview with respect to Novo Nordisk or Pepsi. And I do want to sit on Ozempic for a second because we hear all of these analysts talking about how much that's going to decrease demand uh, for certain goods. Have you already changed your product mix? Because you said that that's how you would respond to this. Have you already changed your product mix in anticipation of a lack of demand in certain areas? We already have the products. We what are the products? We have already been working towards giving people choice uh, in the face of a need to reduce the amount of calories, whether it's in the US or other countries uh, in the world. Almost every brand we have, we have a low or no calorie option available for it. So it doesn't matter how you want to take your balance of calories, we have an option for you. And so over time, yes, the, the total mix has been shifting a little bit to the low and the, mid, the, 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 low and the no calorie products, but the products already exist. So how much do you expect the traditional Coca-Cola brand to be a much smaller part of your overall business, say, in 10 years? We see, well, you see the Coca-Cola brand, including all the variants. Okay, I know. The original, the, 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 the zero. Coca-Cola Coke that everybody <laughs> the gets, the original from the 1960s commercials. I, I think it will still continue to be a big part of the business. There's a really delicate moment happening now, and it's being talked about a lot on the sidelines of this conference with Israel's president here, of course. How are you navigating the Gaza war, given the fact that Turkish Airlines just got rid of Coke on their flights? Look, the, the, there's a lot of tragedy happening there. There's a lot of people getting here. We have an Israeli bottler. We have a Gaza bottler. The employees on both sides have been killed, wounded, family members. So it's a very painful moment at the moment. Our focus has been on supporting our employees, in supporting those uh, with losses, uh, and really trying to look after the people who make our business decisions happen. So is, is it incorrect when Turkish Airlines comes out and says they're getting rid of Coke because Coca-Cola supports Israel only? Uh, look, I'm not going to get into one specific uh, uh, situation, but look, we have, let me, let me give the simple example, we have an Israeli bottler and we have a bottler in the Gaza Strip. 
Uh, and so we're very much in the business of being in every country. Uh, obviously, people who buy our products get to make their own decisions. Um, um, and, and at the moment, we're very focused on the humanitarian issues uh, that this has thrown up. And let's broaden that out just a little bit, James. There's a reason that you have a bottler there and a bottler in another place. You've got experience of this for decades now. Is it getting harder to do business everywhere, given what's happening? All of the questions we see at a forum like this one, James, as you know, lots of questions about geopolitics, as Lisa talked about earlier in the hour, hot wars, not just in Gaza, but in Ukraine as well. Is it harder being everywhere than, say, maybe 10 years ago? I, I, don't, I don't think so, because in the end, every political leadership of every society wants to deliver jobs on the ground and an improvement in quality of life. And the great thing about the Coke business is it's an incredibly local business. All the countries in country A are made there, and all the Cokes in country B are made there. It's, it's a truly local business. And jobs, prosperity, and a better life is what virtually every government on the planet is trying to deliver for their people. James, so this is great. This is fantastic. It's just great to catch up with you, but always is. I've just got one final question. <laughs> My producer, Amy, has Diet Coke for breakfast. I've got issues with that. Do you think that's okay? <laughs> Why are you trying to tell her what her choices are? Diet Coke for breakfast. <laughs> what did you I just think diet, he coke, would say? diet Coke for breakfast. Just Diet Coke for breakfast. Diet Coke is making what? a comeback. I think. <laughs> is, is, is <laughs> you did not see the Saturday Night Live. Is it coming back? Is it coming back? <laughs> it's, it, look, it's a great product. It really what is. What did you expect him to say? Is it you know, to try to throw a bone to Amy. Good just, job. <laughs> trying to convert Amy to, you know, just, just water to start yeah, the day. This, this is a good just water. No, I know. James Quincy, <laughs> Chairman, CEO of Coca-Cola. James, good to see you. Thank, Thank you. you, sir. Thank you very much. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.